Hello and welcome to episode 65 of The Endless Stream. I'm Aiden, and this week I'm joined by Brian. We are two artists, illustrators, filmmakers and all-round shit-talkers and each week we take some of the endless stream of content brought to you through Netflix, Disney+, Hulu, YouTube, Spotify, Amazon, Disney. Wherever you get your content, we take a chunk of it, we watch it and we talk about it. This week we're talking about Miss Marvel, we're talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi, we're talking about everything everywhere all at once. And we're talking about everything that's coming up in the next few months. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing to the podcast, heading over to iTunes, giving us a rate and review, giving us a follow on Spotify, whatever you can do to help us out really helps us out. On top of that, you can head over to Instagram at The Endless Cast and you can follow us over there where we put up artwork and clips to go with each episode. And that's a great spot to suggest something for us to watch or, you know, let us know what you thought of the episode. If you want to go the old school route, you can always send us an email at theendlesscast at gmail.com. Same thing there. Suggest something for us to watch. Tell us what you thought of the episodes. All of that being said, let's get into the episode. I've had 10 minutes sitting here doing nothing, and now I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> but let's <laughs> go let's, for it if uh, you need to. Let's see it. No, no. Let's see how far we get, because okay. I, uh, I might have needed those 10 minutes. You, you can take 10 minutes if you need 10 minutes. Uh, what are we, episode 65? 66 coincides with the end of Kenobi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and we right. got to have Kree on for that, right? Yeah. So that we can badger her about how bad Kenobi is. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is called bullying. Oh, uh, yeah, I think it is. So we can have an honest and frank discussion about differences of opinion, I guess? Right, that's better. I don't know. I, I, I can see how kids with disney plus are going to enjoy this but let's get straight into obi-wan kenobi have did you watch the new episode of obi-wan kenobi i did i did and i thought it was at least better than previous episodes though but you know not really doing anything to kind of address the core the core issue with the thing you know i i think it was it i've said it before and it, it kind of popped up again when i was watching the episode and i think it's true of miss marvel and stuff as well to a point there there's i think there's a clear i i feel like there's a clear difference between when they've got a really solid idea why they're making something and it feels cohesive and like Mm -hmm. you watch the mandalorian and you know exactly what they're trying to do and they do it and you watch miss marvel and you know they're going for kind of a into the spider-verse type vibe with the the energy and rhythm of it. little baby driver thing to it yeah, as well. And, and, and they nail that. And a lot of other stuff, I think, is just Disney Plus needs content. And somebody right. says, yeah. Obi-Wan show, fill in the gaps between stuff. And they go, yeah, absolutely. Get McGregor yeah. in. And it's not terrible. It's not anything. But it also but doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like they went, let's write this story and see how many episodes it is. Yeah. They went, we need eight episodes. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's that's true of a lot of the Disney Plus stuff. I think there's, mm. and it, it you know not nothing's nothing's awful really. It's just it's that there's yeah. I watched the Mandalorian and I know exactly episode one what they're trying to do, what what vibe they're going for and and they're doing it. And there's other stuff that you watch. It's like yeah, it's just filling um. They know there's an audience for something, but they don't necessarily have a really clear idea of what tone it should yeah. hit or what kind of where to go. Or and I think that's you know you can get into more detail, but I think for me anyway, that's that sums up my 
dissatisfaction with the with the stuff. I don't hate it. You know, it's nice to see. It, it it's crazy to me that it took to episode five to get a flashback that lengthy with Anakin and Obi Wan because that's surely that's the whole point of getting the two of them back is it's the whole is reason to, to get Hayden flesh back out cause... flesh out that relationship, show us stuff we didn't get from the prequels. You know, stuff mm-hmm. that was in the Clone Wars TV show. You know, more of that, and instead, yeah. it's it's you know the it's the penultimate episode before we we get any of that stuff. And it was just so cool to see, like two of them looking obviously older, but at the older. same time, it didn't it didn't fucking matter, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's just it's crazy that it took that long to to get there because that's probably not him walking around in in the costume. It's not well, his this voice. Is the question, you know? right? Yeah. Is it him in the costume? I don't think it is. Um, Why would he do that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Other than I guess a, a day or, rate. Maybe it is him in the, in the shots where you don't need to see him. You know, full figure. Maybe they put him in the helmet and stuff. Um, I don't know why you but, would if they're just going to replace your voice. Especially when like they made such a big deal out of you know putting a six foot six bodybuilder in the costume in the first place um mm. I, I and that that's the funny thing i didn't know that until i read like articles about like the making of and stuff i had no idea i hadn't seen the films yet but i i never i never got a sense from any like still image or co- couple of second clips i had no idea that it was a six foot six bodybuilder in the costume um, and they they intentionally cast somebody that size because they want them to be imposing, and it, it just never. <laughs> I never picked up on the fact. That in the I'd never, never, not once, because I didn't know that there was three. Like I said, until I read it, I knew it was James Earl Jones, and I knew it yeah. wasn't James Earl Jones under the mask at the end when he's yeah. all you know, pasty and stuff looking, but that there was a third yeah. person then in the costume the whole time that was uh, a six foot David six, Prowse. David Prowse. Um, yeah, yep. six foot six, bodybuilder, massive yep. imposing dude. Is like, I wouldn't have known <laughs> until I read that. Yep, <laughs> which is crazy to me. Well, that also goes to like how it was shot as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I know, which, like, I don't think of, I don't think of that. I don't think there's any shots where we get a real sense of the scale of him, whether that's a lens choice or an angle choice. And yeah, but like, we don't. I mean, I. I guess Carrie Fisher's small, but like, um, I, 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 it is interesting then because that question that that for me calls into question fucking George Lucas's directing. It's like, can we get a can we get a good lens on that that really gives us a sense of the scale of? But I just saw a clip of um, Tamura Morrison talking about working on Attack of the Clones. Did you see this clip going around? It was like at Star no. Wars Celebration, and he says he was stood in. Like it is like you can probably find a clip, but he's like, I was stood at the shop, I was doing this thing with him. Like Obi Wan has come to visit us, and it's like, right. I turn to Boba and I say, get your things, we're leaving. And I saw the monitor, so I was like, okay, it's kind of a mid, and you're really just seeing my chest, torso, and the kid at the distance. You know, like maybe they should probably get a close up of my face saying it. You know, get like one of these. And I went, oh no, they know what they're doing. So I left it, and then six months later, I'm in New Zealand, and I get a call, we have to do pickups. They fly me 36 hours across the world, put me in the costume, put me in the thing, put me there, one shot, on my face, get your things, we're leaving. And that was it. And it's like, okay. Like, it's just... It's just funny that, like... Not that I could do any better, mm-hmm. 
but you do start to go George Lucas. I I, 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 I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised as well though if um if somebody did point it out and they were like yeah hey, look we'll, we'll just we got to stick to the the schedule for the day and we'll just fucking oh, keep yeah, rolling and if we need to pick it up in in mm-hmm. six months we will. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the attitude. Yeah, but you know, like that—that—that's kind of you—you you touched on something there that I've only really started saying a lot, and people a lot recently, and people just think I'm, I'm being a troll. But like Lucas is from the same school as Scorsese, Coppola, you know, and they're fine. Did he did he make Goodfellas? Yeah, is Goodfellas entertaining? Yeah. He also made Gangs in New York and it's fucking silly as fuck, you know? Um, far too much reverence for for male directors, auteurs from the 70s. Just fucking nonsense. Like, they were a breath of fresh air. They completely changed the... Or they didn't even change it. It was just the, the, the system and the structure and the they production were the new was wave. changing. They were, the, they were yeah. the next generation. Yeah, but they're sort of untouchable and it's just... I don't know, it pisses me off. Um, it's kind of Emperor's New Clothes. If you if you say, yeah, you know what? It's fine. yeah. It's I just think like, you can't. On you how. can't criticize Scorsese. It's like fuck off. Like, you have, have you seen you Gangs of New York? <laughs> you asking me? <laughs> just or are you asking people? I'm asking I've seen anybody. Gangs of New York. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, what is that? The, the, what the whole it? movie is based is around that? wanting to see a gang fight. They tease us with it in the first part of the movie. What a silly movie! And they tease us for two hours, and then they don't give us it neither. It's it's yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, yeah. Uh, I I would like to add to your to your I, comment I'm, that I'm Lucas got lucky, to... Scorsese got lucky. Yeah. They all got fucking lucky. They got very lucky. They they yeah. yeah. Bunch Look, of white dudes the, the f- coming up at the right time. Don't don't yeah. make that face. You know I'm right. I know you're right, but what I'm going to add to that is the idea that the upper echelon of any fucking industry movement or otherwise are always whoever got fucking lucky at that time. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever class of people happen to be in the same, in the right spot at the right time. Because if you're not in that fucking class moving up with each other, helping each other, it's pretty fucking hard to get into it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how do you, how do you weasel your way into be, you know, Lucas Zemeckis Spielberg? Um, Scorsese like how do you weasel yourself into that little fucking click of a half dozen guys and become the the seventh guy you know like I imagine it's very fucking hard you know and again those guys will have worked with junior producers that became senior producers that became studio heads and then they're indoctrinated or they're they're ingrained so the next generation keep working with them like yeah it's it's hard to get into the not impossible but yeah every every fucking wave of people got lucky and like it's it's worth you know it, it's pretty phrasing this correctly you know you don't see it as a kid but like your your Oscar winner Ryan Gosling was a fucking Disney child he just got put on the track as a youth you know and the amount of these global superstars that just got fucking but, but also fed like into the machine at a very young age coming up you know, from that kind of second and third generation on from, you know, Scorsese and Spielberg and stuff, you have, you know, PTAs and Aronofsky's and stuff. And people are like throwing around the word genius. But do you ever hear anybody refer to anything a woman directed as genius? You know, 
it's just so, there's such a bias and implicit sexism in the way we praise male directors as well you know if they're all coming from that same kind of school and again you know like i said if it's an aronofsky or a paul thomas anderson or whoever it's this yeah. you know great genius work but yeah when is it when do you ever hear that thrown around from a woman who's had to then climb through the ranks and the boys club you never hear genius thrown around you know there's mm-hmm. there's just this yeah, and hopefully that's that's course correcting. But anyway, Deborah Chow directed all of this Obi Wan thing, and it's dog shit. So, you know, do better, <laughs> you women. You said that, not me. I just want to <laughs> distance myself from all of that. Um, um, it it has nothing to do with her gender, but it's really fucking boring. And I don't blame I her though. Obi Wan show. I, 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 no, I don't blame her. Yeah, but like I, again, I'd, I'd put that down to there not being a clear plan for the plan here was content not what's what's the yeah. best obi-wan show out there it was just yeah. it doesn't matter but there's, there's stuff episodes. in it that there's stuff in it that i i don't understand like i don't understand how it happens like that floating speeder shot is so it's dumb uh, making a big effort to shoot out the laser barrier that they could have walked around was dumb uh, the lightsaber works like a baseball bat. I, apparently, I That's think you dumb. can say that about a lot of Star Wars. Though. You can pick any, whether it's Star a cartoon. Wars dumb or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you yeah, can pick but a like, lot of. You just you hope they're learning as we go along. You know, there's a. There, I think I said it last week. The shot of fucking um, Darth Vader in his throne room in Episode Two. Um, it only just it only just twigged with me why I think that looks so crap. It the way it's sort of shot mid chest up. And his throne behind him, and the background looking all CG as fuck. It looks like a Twitch streamer. It looks like a it looks like he's sitting there in his gamer chair, <laughs> talking to his you feed. Know, maybe that was a calculated move to you know to connect with to court the Twitch audience. Yeah, exactly. Sell gamer chairs that look like yeah. Darth Vader's throne. What do you know? Actually, I'm selling Clearly myself nothing. on it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I want a Darth Vader throne for my gaming. There you go. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I, it's it's known that I I don't dislike Star Wars, but I hadn't seen the original trilogy mm. until I was in my 20s. I do like everything about it in theory. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you pitched to me... Space Wizards. Or, or just even Obi-Wan TV show, yeah. this is not the show I would have imagined it wouldn't have taken so long to I still don't even know where it's going you know the, the only thing I kind of assume is that there's going to be another duel between that, that's the only thing I know it's heading for you know and beyond that I don't in know in one episode yeah in one episode that sort of teased us by showing a shot of Luke referring to the other child and then that Grand Inquisitor chick learned about the kid like, what are we doing in one episode? And yeah, also that message just says, if he learns about the child, what information do you have? Like, as far as she knows, she's talking about Leia. I think... Um, he might have said the son. I think we're even... I think they either mention Owen, who she's met and yeah. knows by name because she she Absolutely. met him in that episode, or they mentioned right. Tatooine, or it's one or the other. They mentioned either Owen or Tatooine, so... All right, I... I Point, point rebutted. Though, but again, here's the thing. 
she's been run through with a lightsaber. She's dead, right? Uh, not yet. She's lying there gutted. She's dead. Yeah, but so was the Inquisitor. Yeah, this fucking show is stupid. <laughs> but, yeah. That's, he that... broke her lightsaber. How is it reassembled when she picks it up? He didn't reassemble it and put it back down on the ground. Mm-hmm. He cast it aside. She put it back together with the Force. She used the Force. She used That works. That works. The, may, the, may the thing be with you. And um, uh, Rebel Lady blowed herself up with that robot we're supposed to care about in a mm. dramatic moment that we're supposed to care about. Did you care? Um, a little bit, yeah. I mean, I like I like her as an actress. Yeah. I like her. She was in... Luther. She is? She's in Game of Thrones, in Luther, in Fleabag? I remember. I remember her from I think Game of Thrones and the, Luther. I think and she's stuff. like the businesswoman that Fleabag's sister is trying to impress. Right could be wrong um, I like her in things yep, she's um, good it's a pity that this isn't connecting um, I watched a trailer for a movie called The Prize Fighter with Russell Crowe in it and what I think was Ray Winston I'm just remembering an accent um, but it's like based on the incredible true story and it, it looks like ye olde Rocky you know, it's like 17th century. Isn't that Cinderella Man? 18th though? century. <laughs> oh, um, even older again. Uh, okay. Even older, yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's pure uh, sort of, I don't know, was it Regency era or, or Victorian era fighting? Like, I thought it was, uh, look, I don't know, trailers missell things all the time. Like, when I watched it, I got the sense that it was kind of like the wrestler sort of fighter drama type of thing. But then towards the end of the trailer, it turned into like running through the streets training for a fight. And I'm like, that's, this is, these are Rocky imagery we're seeing here. So who knows where this is going? Um, but I think, I think Russell's trying to do Irish. So I want to see um, the interview rounds where he defends his accent. Um, well, I mean, you know, if it's set as far back as, as you said it is, then who's mm, to say what Irish what? people sounded like back then? Yeah. Nobody knows. No, nobody, nobody knows. knows. No one. No one. No one knows. <laughs> they all sounded like Conan O'Brien doing the Lucky Charms guy. Uh, did you ever see? I think it was from some BBC show. I don't. I don't. I don't remember this well enough, so I'm. I'm going to explain this poorly. But hmm. there was enough of a person's remains that they could tell how like how maybe tight oh, their no. vocal cords were and like what shape their their jaw and skull was they were like they, they recreated what they thought this person would sound like today and it's just the most it's got it's got to be it doesn't sound like the most maybe it is maybe it is very precise science but uh yeah they, they recreated what this person would have sounded like based on what they what there is of their remains based on how tall they are and whatever's preserved of their even though the vocal cords yeah. are a membrane, any I, I don't know, but yeah, it's just yeah. silly. People sounded very silly apparently, <laughs> hundreds of years ago. Yeah, I mean, very we've all met somebody small. Voices, you know, we've all met somebody very small who's got a ludicrously deep voice. We've all met somebody very big and booming who's got a very tiny voice. Um, it's almost as if it's a complete crapshoot as to whether or not they could ever guess what that would fucking sound like. Yeah, but it makes good television. Yeah, I bet you they fucking 
pre-rolled the concept that we're going to hear this for 40 minutes and then you heard it was like well that's over and then the show went. <laughs> did there's a um i don't know if it's a who's the sketch that did um sorry i don't i'm trying to remember what this was i don't know if it was monty python i don't know if it was the two ronnies i don't know if it was even round the horn which was a, a radio show from the fucking 50s 40s with like kenneth williams and stuff but it's like we've 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 unearthed the recording of uh of the charge of the light brigade as read by the author and it's doing this sort of um the uh, andy williams like um canons to the left of me canons to the right of me it's and they're just going out oh, um kind of ruins it doesn't it <laughs> just, <laughs> i think they've got um like a sort of uh, arthur conan doyle reading sherlock holmes <laughs> thing as well and the accent is it's just accents have always been funny and always will be funny and we should be allowed to laugh at them i think we but not ridicule them laugh with them with yes with indeed yeah, I, I guess I mentioned it as much as anything because of the, the Russell Crowe interview where he was defending his Robin Hood accent. Did he walk out on that interview or something? I can't remember. Walked out yelling, you've got deaf ears, mate. <laughs> or dead ears, isn't it? Dead ears. You've got dead ears. Um, I think that just kind of highlights the insecurity of the performance. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to hear what people have to say about his Greek accent for for Zeus. Uh, yeah, I think he'll have. I think he'll. Hopefully, he has his tongue firmly planted in his cheek for this whole thing. Um, I don't think you could make that movie with Taika Waititi and not be laughing the whole way, laughing about every decision that's been made. You know. Um, not. I don't mean that. There's no way that making a blockbuster movie like that is a laugh riot day in, day out, but like you're definitely approaching character decisions like that with a bit of a fucking wry smile. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the thing you said you watched under the banner of the... Under the banner of heaven. What's that? Tell me about that. It is based on a book. <clears throat> book came out in 2003, I think. And the book is... It's about two sorry i'm spacing out it's a true crime book okay uh and it kind of it, it connects mormon history with a murder in 1983 or 84 i think um right. committed by some mormons also um so the the kind of i guess the thesis i sorry. guess the mm. thesis of the book is that the kind of Mormon religions origins are kind of rooted in in violence that's not to say that the religion itself is inherently violent it's just that the the origins of the church hmm. um, happened around a, you know a kind of a violent situation and then you know many years later uh, an offshoot of the church are involved in, or members of the church, not the church itself, kind of a splinter fundamental group from the church involved in a murder as well. And the detective investigating it uh, was himself a Mormon. Um, so the book is an, or the show is an adaptation of that. And it's, it's kind of primarily about the murder in 1980. Like I said, it's 83 or 84. 
but it then also does recreate the kind of historical oh. points as well because one of the characters in it is talking about Mormonism's origins and how actions back then are kind of he's drawing a parallel between actions back then and and the kind of current case so it's there's a kind of a a historical element aside from the true crime element um but it's really interesting um kind of slow paced episodes are some of the episodes are quite long um they're all kind of above the 40 50 mark i think um mm. but it was, it was very good very interesting it's about a, a woman and her i think it was a 15 month old daughter are both brutally murdered throats slashed yeah, I don't know if I necessarily should I spoil. Um, I don't crime think case, you should necessarily so, spoil yeah. it, but like the talk that cast is cool. Yeah. Is it um, Andrew Garfield, uh, Wyatt Russell? Who else is there? Sam Worthington. Yeah. Daisy, Daisy Edgar, Edgar Jones. Jones. Yeah. Was she in? She was in a Rogue One. Thing. No, no, that's that's Daisy really. She Felicity. was in another thing. No, for Felicity Jones, or something. Felicity Jones. Yeah, yeah. we're mixing up our Daisy Ridley or Daisy. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're messing up our Daisies with our Felicities and our she Joneses. She was in. Can't keep up with the Joneses. Oh, I can't remember. Daisy Edgar Jones. She was in something else. I can't remember. I'm blanking. Um, you know, um. What's funny as you talk about that, and I don't know, how did I connect that dot? I guess murder mystery. Were we talking about Sherlock Holmes? Um, oh, I mentioned Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm-hmm. Um, the first Conan Doyle, or the first Sherlock Holmes book, A Study in Scarlet. Um, I don't know if you've ever, like, I listened to the audio book. Um, I don't know if you ever read or listened to it. I read it, um, yeah. Uh, the, the family in it are fleeing... Uh, the Mormons they're fleeing Utah um, because they're being fucking hunted down for land or something or can't remember what it was but it he he does talk about the the um, the the historical murders on which he based mm-hmm. the narrative on so um, I don't mention that to suggest that the Mormons are a specifically violent sect but it's funny that the two kind of concepts have overlapped here, but like any fucking religion or organization has yeah. invariably had some sort of always, it's always religion or violence yeah, or something exactly. somewhere. Yep. Where Mormons were we? Mormons, Book of Mormon, Mormons in Space, The Expanse, Kamina Drummer, the girl that looks like Kamina Drummer in the new Star Trek show. The new Star Trek show is good. Um, I watched the new episode this week. Um, You'd swear to God they just cast Kamina Drummer in it. Um, I like the idea that she universe hopped. Um, she also uh, she's playing human. a descendant of Khan Nunyan Singh. She's the security officer on the Enterprise. No. Okay. Um, I bring it up again, knowing that neither you nor Kevin watch it. Right. Was oh no, 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 not that not that we've seen. No, I think they've they even in the second episode because they they did an episode where they addressed uh, Rebecca Romin's character as um, being part of a race that were um, sort of genetically engineered or open to engineering to better themselves. But they were people that wanted to join the Federation, 
but were refused because they had engineered themselves and and the federation is kind of against this eugenics mindset and uh, they bent over backwards to try and I guess reverse or revert this to get in anyway it was it was juxtaposing I guess that like it, it can be a tool set that's useful I don't, I'm not entirely sure what the thing was but it was basically just setting up that Rebecca Romain's character had some character to her because the role of number one in the first Star Trek series was very undefined she was just called number one um, so it was a big, it was a big deal. Even in the publicity announcements, they were like, "Oh nah. They gave her a name, you know, right. beyond number one. Um, oh, and the name is Una, and that's where they got to one, you know. Um, but I bring it up again to go episode seven of a ten episode series, and it's which show is it's this? Trek. It's it's modern Star Trek done right. It's like this they looked at what Star Trek was, okay. and they bumped up the special effects. I'll the probably check it out a bit, and. Uh, Strange New Worlds with Anson Mount yeah um, and it's it's just fun episode of the week stuff um, I was talking to Chris last night about it and he was like he'd watched it off me mentioning it it's like it's great his dad's watching it now um, it hasn't fallen mm-hmm. in any of the sort of hyperbolic end of the world craziness and heightening and heightening and heightening that Discovery did you know which is sort of post J.J. Abrams like every episode opens with them running across camera and music blaring and you know like you know episode two let's just have dinner with the captain you know like it's just you know they're ribbing each other about life on a starship it's small and fun and goofy and you know there are those moments of aspirational greatness as well where you know they get a new member into the uh, the federation and they talk about the great hope of like a lot of uh I could talk about Star Trek for a long fucking time, like and, and like whether or not all the behind the scenes of commercialism. I, I don't know. I I buy the I buy the aspirational agenda of it. You know, like Roddenberry came back after World War Two. You know, there's there's something to be said that you know life on the Enterprise is definitely drawn from life on a naval vessel heading to Europe in the forties. You know, um, there's something to be said that you know the the concept of the Federation is is drawn from a sort of post-European Union kind of experiment thing, you know, seeing what we could do if we actually did band together and became a federation of, you know, planets and stuff. It's aspirational. I like that that's there. Rather than modern Trek, which lost that in favor of, you know, trying to look at the dark side of the federation or, you know, how things are falling apart or how people are letting their ideals slip. Um... I enjoy it. Is basically what I'm getting at, and I'm yeah, kind of doing a week by week waiting. check in with it on a small <laughs> yeah. scale, just to go. At any moment, they could fuck this up and suddenly introduce like a six season arc that we're supposed to give a shit about. I'm like, just please keep it fucking small and fun. I watched. Um, that's on Prime, right? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just. I'm just torrenting the fucking thing. All right. Um, uh, because I watched season two of Hacks. I don't know. Did we talk about that last week? Season two is on Prime now, and it's great. It's really good. Yeah, we didn't. Um, no, really um, you put me on to um, season one of that. Um, they and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, is it? Yeah, it's um, they they have a plan. I can't remember. I was reading an article with the showrunners, the creators afterwards. I can't remember if they mentioned how many seasons specifically they had aimed for the story, but it ends in such a way where it could 
that could be a series finale. That's not their plan. They haven't been picked up for another season yet, but they have more to tell, which I was kind of happy about. But it is, it is also nice that it, um, if it doesn't, for whatever reason, that it, it ends on a, a point where you're not left left hanging too much. But um, yeah, really like that show. Really funny. Did we talk about the fact that I went to see everything everywhere all at once? We haven't. You just mentioned it. You said you liked it. We didn't, we didn't talk about it. Amazing, right? It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's great. So good. It's great. Um, I was watching it very, like, not skeptically. Um, I was waiting to be amazed. Right. But, um, yeah, it starts off nice and slow. The weirdness mm-hmm. creeps its way in. By the time it's escalated to where it escalates to, yeah. it's kind of earned it. Um, what really blew the, me away about it, though, was the, the kind of emotional core at it and how it, that's it, it. told that so well. Yeah. And, and it hit on it really, really succinctly without being glib, you know? Yeah. Kind of touched on a heavy subject in a very light way, but in also in a very heartfelt, meaningful way. Um, Made me think the, of some of the Satoshi yeah. Khan stuff. Mm-hmm. But that, that was going to be it. Like, I was go, like, I was about to go, you know, the scene where the, the main villain storms the building the first mm-hmm. time. And it's so amazing. Like, even just like, the weapon she's holding switching based yeah. on the multiple um variables that like this weapon could have been anything in any universe in any instant um the idea that you can jump yourself into weirder you could jump yourself off your um expected timeline onto parallel universes by doing unexpected and unusual things um very funny mm-hmm. very fu- like i was trying to like the first time they say you know like you know, put your shoes on backwards, close your eyes and whatever. Like, um, you're like, what the fuck is this? And how are they going to justify it? And the minute they kind of explain it, you're like, oh, I get it. I get yeah, it. I get makes, this. Yeah. Yeah. It makes so With much the, sense. The, the paper cuts and then the the chewing gum and then the, you know, <laughs> you can, you know, you got to tell her you love her, but you have to mean it. It's like your other, your yeah. other two options are you got to break your arm or take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just gets... <sighs> No, it, it has so many moments then from that point on that it, it lands. I, I won't even. Yeah, it, it, this is one where it just feels all, like all, all, all we should all do I, is tell the audience to watch it. Because... Just watch it. Yeah. Like I, I'll, all I'd say to you is, and we'll say nothing more. Um, but like when Michelle Yeoh was trying to explain the plot of Ratatouille and then where it goes, where it goes from that, I was like, I just didn't see it coming. And it was just. I didn't think that it would be as big a feature of the movie as it ended yeah. up being. And it keeps, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, they keep escalating that riff. Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah. The, the part, so I, I I told you that, you know, um, I'd happily recommend it to people, but when I had mentioned in, like, making small talk that I'm going to see it for the third time, and somebody took that to mean I should go see it straight away, which normally it would be just for somebody, a stranger that I don't know, I'd prefer to sit down and explain to them why I think. Uh, but the, mm. the the thing I was most worried about was the uh, employee of the month award, and we'll just say no more about no, that. No, that's <laughs> it, it's. If you were worried that somebody would be offended by not that, offend, not not offended, or just, weirded no, out by it, or not not offended, just simply the fact that this is a person who just you know, like makes I would be very I would be very and, surprised. If yeah. that person 
Again, not not, not didn't see the, that for the fun that it was. But that wasn't even it. It was more the fact it's that it's fun. <laughs> it was more the fact that my point, their question was, "What's your plan for the day?" And you know, all I was saying is, "I'm going to see this for the third time," which yeah. is a normal thing for me to do. But yeah. they took that to mean I but should. You go didn't see say this. I'm going to look at. I'm going to see this for the third time because I'm a sure, big fan sure. of butt plugs. You didn't say that. Yeah, don't, you know? don't spoil it. <laughs> you, you, in a previous episode, you mentioned butt plug. Oh, okay, butt plug. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's on the poster, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, but but also when that happened, I think I had tears coming out my face because it was. I would too if I had a butt. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it, it, it's so obvious that it's a homage to Jackie Chan prop comedy, mm. and then at some point they obviously said, "Hey, wouldn't it be funny if." in a scene Jackie Chan if the only thing he had to hand was this and then it goes there and then they double down on it which just mm. you know, cracked me up yeah they literally double I, down on it I think it's worth um it's worth I well I'm, I was gonna say it's worth addressing or worth talking about but I wanted to talk about the fact that I was so happy to see this level of kung fu fight film like this the prop violence the the, mm-hmm. the prop comedy the jackie chan of it all the out in the wide like like there's shots in there that sort of allude to michelle Yeoh's 80s 90s action movie heritage mm-hmm. um it's like watching one of them it's like watching rumble in the bronx for the first time yeah, yeah. um it's great it's it i was i was grinning watching it going i haven't seen something like this in so fucking long not that yep. it isn't out there or something but like i haven't sat down and watched something with this with this sort of um shot set up and wide angle like rhythm to the fighting um i loved it i loved it and then the the fact that the emotional weight is as good as it is the fact that the 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 sort of macguffin at the end that like everybody's addressing with the fact that that's what they chose to make mm-hmm. it and that like it's stupid but at the same time the name of it is so funny and yeah like but it, it it also kind of connects to a very real um you know a very real I don't know what the right word is, but a real sentiment people have because they experience that same thing where they they're either thinking about everything they could have been, or their 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 consciousness is constantly being drawn to what might have been all the other possibilities, the other all that might have been, and they they can never turn it off, and the the nihilism that comes with that, and the fact that. You know, they they named this. Are, the, are, are, are we back looking at me again? <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> me. Last week. No, that's very okay. much me. Okay. But but also okay. very much anybody. I think I think it resonates with a lot of people. But the fact that they were able to come up with a very apt metaphor for that—that's mm-hmm. at once funny, but also like at once funny and silly, but also is on the money with with how it feels and mm. yeah and. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say more without spoiling it, but 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 also the the antidote to we, that. We've, you know? we've talked about it so many times. We should probably I love do. That a full I love that the husband's name is it. Waymond. Yeah, it's it's just funny. It was great to see him back as well. There's a great interview with him on Jimmy Kimmel. He talks about the fact why he kind of stepped out of acting for so long, and he was the stunt coordinator for a while. But he was the Goonies guy, right? 
Uh, he's short round and yeah, yeah. K yeah. K. I can't pronounce. I can't figure. I can see his name and I'm just forgetting. It's K Hui Quan or something like that. I can't remember. Exactly. Yeah, but um, yeah, he was fucking. He's fantastic. You know, yeah. um, I loved. It. I loved this. Even somebody pointed out on my second time watching it, um, and. They 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 address it in the film, but somebody in the audience was like, "Why can't he just do this?" But like, there's a specific line at least twice. Um, so it's when Deirdre, whose surname is Bo Beardra, which is you only get that because it's on the uh, employee award, which I thought was great. Mm. But uh, she shoves him into a room and she pulls the cabinet across it, mm. and he can't climb up over it, mm. and. While he's still alpha women, he's like, oh, God, this body's so weak. I can't I can't get up over this thing. And then later when he's beta women or whatever, that universe is women, mm. he's moving like something tiny across to like block a door. And he's like, oh, God, this is so heavy. But the amount of times he's saying something like this small object is is heavy. But by people in the audience were like, why can't he do this? Why can't he do this? It's because he's he's a different women. It's, yeah. it's, all, it's all covered. It's all addressed. But they'll throw away lines. Yeah. Um, oh, the rocks. The rocks. I was just about to say, even like I think the first time I saw it was with the biggest audience, and mm. most of them didn't get it, but everybody was pissing themselves at that scene. Like, just mm. it was, it's so good. Yeah. I, I I laughed at one point. Choosing to consciously laugh is a bit weird, but at a certain point I went, why am I not laughing at these things? And then stuff started happening and I started laughing and I was listening around me going, I'm the only one fucking laughing. Am I a maniac? That's the thing. First time I saw it, everybody was laughing at that. Second mm. and third time, less laughs and I just, I didn't get it. That yeah. just, it, like... it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we should do a whole episode on it. Spoiler episode, just so we can, talk about it in detail yeah i mean i think it's like a 15 minute ep- mini episode where we just yeah describe yeah, it just, we just we just name every scene from top to bottom yeah kev, ha- kev has to see it yeah uh, i think kev would love it as well but yeah. it was a you know, that, that was the thing like i among two of my favorite films would be kung fu hustle and mm. chunking express mm. and the whole uh movie star um yeah, with the rain. Yeah, and yeah like that. That's the, very much a Wong Kar Wai uh, yeah. reference. And then the whole film has a kind of a Kung Fu Hustle vibe to it anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's no surprising that it, it, it's quickly become like one of my favorite films. Yeah. I've got to watch Kung Fu Hustle again because I didn't enjoy it when I saw it the first time. I think I was going in wanting to see a Kung Fu movie. And what I got was a sort of a parody or a, a Looney Tunes version of a Kung Fu movie and I just wasn't there for that that day and that said, it's though, just it's, sat next it, to me the whole time some of that. the fight stuff in it it's still it's still Yan Wo Ping mm. it's still superb fight stuff in it yeah um, I love that film and the music I just wasn't there for the cartoon you know and the music also it's it's one of my favourite soundtracks in a film it's uh, oh, it's I, love, I love that film love it okay. apparently the Daniels when they originally conceived this they had Jackie Chan in mind and for whatever reason as I don't know if as Waymond uh, or as no, the as, laundry, laundromat owner yeah uh, and when I don't know if they ever approached him or if he wasn't available but then they were like okay well Michelle Yeoh and it works she's fantastic in it 
I'd argue she's the better actor. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> I'm just now thinking about the range I've seen Jackie Chan do and go, maybe I'm being a bit too hard. No, no, he, he, he's good, but I, I think it's probably... Well, the thing is, that this could have been the film then for people to maybe to prove, take yeah. him even more seriously, you know, but um, mm. I don't know. Have you watched I Think You Should Leave? No, you you keep asking me that and I haven't. There, no. There's a sketch in it and it's it's just bizarre. It's about this... When I get asked by comedy people, have I? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a sketch in it. I think I can't even remember if it's season one or two. I think it's season two. But there's a sketch where there's this violent cop movie, and it's it's like it's hilariously graphically violent, mm. and it's about this kind of rogue cop. But the gag in it is that they're then talking to the actor on the press tour for the film. So a show scene from it. It's mm. it's weirdly. It's weirdly excessively violent. And then it'll cut to like the, the press junket and he's being interviewed. And for whatever reason, the, the joke is that the character is being played by Santa Claus, not an actor called Santa Claus. It's the actual Santa Claus. And he's just this weirdo actor, but he's in he's in everything everywhere all at once as well. He's the he's the guy who tells Eleanor that um, his wife used to wear the same perfume and stuff. And it was just yeah. cool to see him pop up. He's just a weird well, that's the thing, like Jenny Slate in it as well. Yeah. yeah. You know, there there are some, like there's cast members in that that are, actually, yeah, I'll just do that. It's a weird cast. There's cast members in there that are featured a lot, but are clearly like stunt performers that are going to do mm-hmm. crazy shit. There's Jenny Slate. There's your man who you say again, sketch comic. Um, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. As you know, Deirdre um, Bobeardra. As Deirdre Bobeardra. Who who plays Gong Gong? Raymond Chow, I think. Chow, I wanted yeah. to say. He's like ninety three. Um, I know. I he, did he just get a star on the Hollywood Walk of yep. Fame? I think I saw that yep. happen. Um and I I saw that and then I saw everything everywhere and I went, Oh, these are gonna be connected concepts. You know, because you like like the media starts or the publicists and stuff start doing things that help promote your your thing as well you know like everything everywhere all once needs a push let's make a fact that this this like legend of sort of cinema is mm-hmm. finally getting a bit of recognition um one of the things that's made me think about that as well in terms of the um the uh the the marketing machine at work is i don't think it's a fucking coincidence that kim kardashian shows up to an event wearing marilyn monroe's dress um, just as they put out the trailer for Blonde, the new Marilyn Monroe yes. biopic, you know, yeah. like like somebody's smart enough to go Kardashian's audience are the people we want to court into this. So let's start reminding people that they have an affection for Marilyn Monroe before we release the Marilyn Monroe movie. Yeah. Um, uh, that's happening and it works and the world is just manipulated, isn't it? Like, yep. Is that a bad thing? Should I just accept it? Should I just go with it? Um, Turn off my brain and take it. No, you can be mad about it, but don't don't get stuck on it. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. fair. You can acknowledge yeah. it and, and you know say this is bullshit, but uh, you'll want to eat your own hands if you think about it for too long. So yeah, I think that's it. I mean, I'm going to want to watch an Anna de Armas Marilyn Monroe movie, 
like if it's halfway decent. Um, is she going to be in Glass Onion? I hope not. Let's keep these things separate. Is that is that that's the read you think he's going for? It's got to be right. It's, it's got to be. Yeah, it's a weird. I'm title. peeling this mystery apart like layers of glass, glass, glass onion. Glass onion. Each one, onion. Yeah. Each one is as it's it's as deceptive as a glass onion. You think you can see through each layer, but all the layers have combined to form something opaque, and you have to peel them away so that you blah 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 blah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I said, son. I'll walk out if if it doesn't feature a scene like that. Yeah. You're a bunch of vultures sanding over the body, knives out and beaks bloody ready to eat. That That is a great... I do love that delivery because knives out and beaks bloody. Um, knives out and beaks bloody. Beaks mm. bloody. That's going to be exclusively act. Netflix? What? Isn't it? I mean, it'll probably get a movie release, but they, they didn't they like Sign almost like a half a billion deal with Johnson for all this stuff. Did um, I was looking as well in terms of that. Um, again, watching the way the business kind of works. Like, I don't know enough to know anything. But, like, Suits has definitely been a successful licensing thing for Netflix. Like, that thing has been on Netflix for ages. And maybe it's just the way it gets fucking suggested to me a lot but like I feel like that's a success for them they get a lot of viewers on suits so the fact that they made the Lincoln Lawyer with David E. Kelly and they've just commissioned season two of that um, it feels like the end of them looking at their um, looking at their metrics and deciding that that's a good investment because uh, I always watched anytime I watched an episode of Suits I thought this is a David E. Kelly show and I know David E. Kelly is kicking himself that he didn't make it you know like David E. Kelly like David E. Kelly was the comedy drama law guy for 15 or 20 years and the fact that he took a pause and missed being the next one mm-hmm. like Harry's Law with Kathy Bates didn't take off but Suits did you know he's like fuck how do I get back on that fucking like roller coaster of being the guy that makes the comedy drama law thing you know so he's hoping to fuck the Lincoln lawyer takes off and takes over from where Suits is. Because there's scenes in Suits where the two of them are sitting around going, I wish we had a balcony or something, which is like a Boston legal reference. You know, they're they're definitely alluding to knowing what they are, you know. Um, so we got to everything everywhere at once and then started talking about how the, the marketing and the commercial and the engine, I'm trying to work out how we got to here. Um, uh, well, yeah, marketing, Netflix, Glass Onion. Speaking of, I watched Spiderhead last night as well. Okay, I haven't. Somewhere along the way, I've completely disconnected from Chris Hemsworth in any role other than Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't like the uh, Black Hat. Was that it? I liked that. It's I thought fine. That was decent. I just didn't. Yeah. Um, I didn't connect with Rush. Um, uh, look, extractions, extraction. Um. So I just see his face in the trailer, like with his glasses. I, I I just see the secretary from Ghostbusters there as well. You know, that's the thing um, is is like he's receptionist. He's still a bit young to be. I can imagine Brad Pitt in that role in Spiderhead. Okay. 
but Brad Pitt kind of same age as Hemsworth you'd be looking at the same problem but kind of looking at it going too pretty too too perfume ad too L'Oreal ad you know right so what what's the premise of Spiderhead? Because I I didn't premise. I'm of, literally turned off by his face, which is something I never thought. I'd say. This is I mean I, I thought he was good in it. Is the thing. Um, it's just there's a lot of shots in it where you're just like, oh, it's not his fault. He's he's so pretty, <laughs> but um, he it, it's about a kind of experimental um prison sentence. It's on an island, on a remote island, and he is the head of a, a drug trial essentially where they all the people in the trial mm-hmm. have a pack attached to the lower back with chemicals drugs and each one can kind of hit a specific center of the brain so it can make people more um verbose or make them kind of feel kind of up like maybe oxytocin levels and things like that so they feel a bit more kind of loved up or kind of can make them feel fear or anger can agitate them depending on which chemical they they dial up the release Um, Mm. but everybody who is part of the program is uh, a criminal or a prisoner who are serving you know some type of sentence but um, in volunteering for this program they get to kind of certain luxuries and privileges that they otherwise wouldn't get in a a state penitentiary and they get kind Mm. of certain freedoms but they have to it's a drug trial essentially taking place on a island prison and it was okay um i didn't hate it but i couldn't help but feel at the same time that it's it's directed by uh joseph kaczynski who did most recently top gun but he also did tron and oblivion and i don't you know I, i like oblivion uh i didn't really like top gun but the entire time watching it, I felt like it was very, especially like there's a lot of really good music cues in it. Mm-hmm. So really good, like, you know, whoever that kind of music supervisor was, not just the score, but in terms of like the actual, you know, tracks chosen, uh, there's really good music picked. And it just, the entire time it was reminding me of Ex Machina. Um, right. And I kind The description of, of the drug trial in a prison thing reminds me of like, I didn't watch a lot of Oz, but wasn't there like a late season episode of Oz where they were like... I think the idea with Oz anyway... I don't remember that. The idea with Oz anyway was was that it was was kind of an experimental prison anyway. The the film is based on, um, I think it was a short story by George Saunders. I can't remember the name of it, but I think it was a short story that first appeared in The New Yorker, I think. Uh, So it's based on that. Um... I liked it, you know, it was worth the watch, but it wasn't, there were some nice moments in there, but the entire time I kind of felt like, I felt like Kaskinski was um, maybe aping Ex Machina a little bit, but then his kind of aesthetic is a lot more, it's it's kind of brighter, it's kind of shinier and slicker, which, you know, is is a concerted thing, and especially kind of it's informed by... Like I said, Hemsworth looks like he's kind of stepped out of a, you know, L'Oreal ad or something. Um, but that's not to say that he's not convincing as a, as a scientist necessarily, because, yeah, like scientists don't all have to be, you know, freaking dweeby nerds or whatever. Um, 
it takes a weird turn in the last 10 minutes where it tries to be almost slapstick funny and it just the moment itself worked oh, but weird. with the rest of the film didn't work um it doesn't work at all it it is it's such a shift um the premise is more interesting than the actual the execution but at the same time if you're stuck for something to watch this weekend you can do worse if if you really don't know what to watch you can just look at Hemsworth for you know 90 minutes or whatever it was 100 minutes and is again an interesting idea just not the most maybe not the best use of the the ideas in the story yeah it's a it's a like in ye olde terms it's a b movie right yeah yeah, yeah. bit of fun not terrible nothing to write home about I did, I just double-checked it. Um, by season four of Oz, there's a narrative where an aging pill was given to inmates with long sentences so they could be released as old men as a measure to ease overcrowding. Wow. Interesting. You don't have to wait 20 years, but you do go out with the body of a 60-year-old. Hmm. That's interesting. Not, like, having never watched Oz, like, I, I think I caught that episode one night, you know, and like, I was like, I, this was not what I thought this show was. It's not representative of the, the rest the of show the show I watched, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't talked about Miss Marvel. We have not. Episode two. Um, or the fact that Kit Harrington seems to be coming back as Jon Snow. I think we can say stuff about that very quickly. They're still, in theory, developing like six or seven Game of Thrones properties. No, I think they've they've cancelled a lot of those. The only one that's going ahead is the house. So the House of the Dragon was part of four other potential prequels. And to my knowledge... The other four were scrapped entirely. I was reading something saying there's like there's animated content and other stuff. There's 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 okay. There's a bunch of whether or not they scrapped the first wave of ideas, they're still trying to figure out how to make money off a of Game of Thrones. And that's the thing. Like it, it's a weird approach, I think, because it seems like they're just forging ahead. Yep. With with the property rather than salvaging it and you know yeah. uh, repairing its. Preparing the place in the kind of collective conscious first before yeah. then pursuing. Yeah. Because again, it, I, it, it, I think it's the same mistake that kind of Disney are making. It's like, what do we own that we can make rather than having a, like, is there is there a clear idea here for why to bring Jon Snow back or is it just we're bringing him back because we own yeah, the property we're just get and Ranger in the North kids around. Adventure yeah. stories. And that'd be a mistake. Yeah. Uh, but th- that's the thing of it. It's like the reason Game of Thrones was a hit was it was based on a series of meticulously carefully written books. Mm. Books that took years and years to write. He would write chapters and fuck them away. He, would, he'd, he pondered over these things. And that's giving him a lot of credit and people are starting to turn on him for this sort of stuff. But like... um. I don't think you're going to have much success by just throwing together some and like let's be real it's it's just going to be fucking Hollywoodisms you know you're going to go to the well of you know basic relationship basic adventure basic narrative stuff and you know not that there's a million ways to fucking skin the cats of of of, of fantasy narrative but somebody taking a long time to 
write it really carefully is different than Hollywood pissing out six episodes about Kit Harrington. Six. I mean, there's no reason why we don't have six episodes about Pirate Aria. Why we don't have six episodes about whatever the hell else. Except that, like, it's just thin. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like... <sighs> I, I, yeah, you've got a property and you can keep making money out of it, and of course, but that's what happens then. You're, you're tier one people that are developing tier one content that is amazing and thoughtful and well considered, go off to do that, and then what was a top tier project gets handed to the next people whose job is simply keep the marketing and merchandising going, and you just water and water and water shit down forever until it's dead. Um, you know, you wish they would just focus on developing the next level of that tier one stuff which I suppose those guys are doing you heard about uh, the Wonder Man show no Um, the Cretton and uh, I think Andrew Guest who wrote Community and something else they're developing a Wonder Man show for Disney Plus like Marvel Wonder Man yep yeah. Or again, Mr. Miracle Man or something else. Okay. Yeah. Is that good? I don't know those people. I, 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 What's the take? Wait, well, Andrew Guest is good and Shang-Chi was good. So, okay. Um, that was. It yes, was. it was. I it definitely, was. I've, I've turned it, I've, I've watched it a second time. I just get to the same third act thing where I'm just like, can we yeah. forget this fucking dragon and have this be about his relationship with his father? Mm-hmm. This would be cool if it was the quick and the dead kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um uh but yeah, like I I don't know, I'm just kind of I'm definitely approaching a bit of fatigue with this stuff because it's not that you can't do something interesting with these fourth fifth tier characters, it's just do they have an interesting idea with yeah. them? And it seems for the moment that they're more concerned with content than having the best day, which is, you know, it's understandable, but, but just kind of where I'm at. But it is, it isn't, it isn't you, we understand the avarice that demands they make more faster. Yeah. But at the same time, we look at the result of making one movie every year and a half in a careful and curated way. And the result was the best cinematic franchise for 20 years with the, the whole Marvel arc whether or not you think some of those movies are higher or lower than others the fact that they took their damn time and made one thing at a time led to them being as successful as they are the fact that we've got five or six things a year or, or not even one at a time but the fact that it was all building towards you know that yeah. Infinity War Endgame moment you know um, because I would say a lot of them were a bit rushed in a move to make Get there Infinity War happen, but at least it was going towards that kind of one. Yeah, we we always knew the goal was at some point all of this is going to come together mm-hmm. in this way, and the fact that they pulled that off yeah. just just literally the end game itself yeah. was was fantastic. But now, now like what we we did rant about this last week or the week yeah. before as well, so we just got to be careful on this. But like, um. You know, by the time it, you got it's, to it's Avengers, even... you could pull everything together. By the time you got to Infinity War, you could pull everything together. Now there's so much stuff. But that, that's kind of thing. Like, I'm not even. I'm not even saying this from like a. You know, it, I'm not trying to be objectively critical here. I'm literally saying this is my subjective kind of 
I feel my mm. excitement or anticipation or whatever you want to call it just it's not really there it's mm. becoming more of a background thing at the moment so, so for, I, for, for for whatever new audience members they might be gaining they're they're I won't say losing me but my my enthusiasm is and it's it, again it's not because I think that the quality is it's, it's this isn't a kind of a it's, it's it's not to say that like yeah that the quality is deteriorating or anything like that it's, it's just more that i kind of feel stuff feels less essential as opposed to me kind of being excited and really looking forward to and thinking about like how's that going to work and you know where's that going to go i'm just kind of like yeah I'll, I'll see that when i when i see that you know um, because again, a lot of the properties they have left aren't the most. What's the, what's left isn't the most interesting, and what they have done so far hasn't been the most groundbreaking or exciting, you know. Mm. Um, it's not enough to be merely good. And that's that's kind of the truth. For me, at least. Like I said, mm. they might be picking up all sorts of new viewers who, you know, don't overthink this stuff the way, <laughs> the way I am. But but that's that's kind of what I mean. I'm not even overthinking. It's literally just like, where's my, where's my enthusiasm for this? I'm checking in with myself. Like, how am I feeling about what's coming up? I'm like, so are are you enthusiastic for Thor? Not massively. No, mm. no. Mm. I I I think I I. I think I remember I saw Ragnarok before you and Kev did and I texted you afterwards saying, yeah, it was good. Like, I liked it. Hmm. I think the best thing about it is that it figured out Thor. But if we're being honest, like, is the action really strong? No. Is this is the plot groundbreaking? No. It's kind of nonsensical. Hella kind of makes not a lot of sense. Blanchett's great. We stop and think about any of it too long it's like that doesn't really yeah. work but is it a fun film absolutely yeah but in terms of this what's coming out i i don't know what this is about other than my knowledge of kind of the plot line in the comics mm. i'm i'm hoping it's really good but i saw a thing that, a- that was like christian bale's gore has tested really well as a villain and i'm like that's not a way I want you to approach your making villains uh, you know like I think that was them trying to sell it mm-hmm. and it didn't sell it to me it made me worried that they're over testing um, let's talk about Miss Marvel though because we got sort of sidetracked across our whole sort of sure. Marvel um, yeah but I mean that, that, that's episode? the nature of the conversations that, yeah yeah. Know. but I'm just uh, conscious that we're repeating I, some concepts I liked it again I, I kind of need to stop watching it as a as an MCU show building towards a mm. thing and just watch it for it. This is a kind of a, more of a teen drama, um, less action heavy. It, it, it is very much, it feels very much like it's somewhere, but it's the MCU's Spider-Man, be that into the Spider-Verse or be it Tom Holland, but it's mm. it, everything that, like when you look at No Way or No, no uh, Homecoming, like how mm. many comedic actors are in support roles in the school mm. in Homecoming? You've got Hannibal Burris, 
got Martin Star. Martin Star. And who else? There's a third, I think. Anyway, you've, you've got... The principal guy, yeah. Yeah. Not pr- anyway. Hannibal Burris is the gym teacher. Martin Starr is the... Is their science teacher Science guy. guy. And the principal is somebody. The principal in Homecoming is that guy. I think he's a Japanese-American actor. or And right. he's, he's supposed to be the descendant of one of the... But I think by the time we get to No Way Home, it is a different principle. I can't remember who it is. Anyway, point Uh, being that, you know, in the same vein, we've got a high school set show and there's mm -hmm. Jordan Firstman as the guidance counselor. So we've got, again, Mm -hmm. another comedic. It, it, It really feels like it's trying to repeat the kind of what makes the Spider Man stuff work. But with a character that the that Marvel actually owns, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I've got to kind of watch it in those terms, oh, and yeah. that it's a it's a teen high school drama comedy, and not um, it's not Loki, it's not it's not going to be setting up something huge. But yeah, I did like it. Again. I did a little reading on Miss Marvel's power set, and it is you know it's someone said what it's a halfway between Ant Man and Mister Fantastic, the character stretches and resizes um and it, there is a line in that where she says you know i don't have ant-man powers or something you know and she kind of calls out like let's just establish that i'm not what that was i'm not the comic one yet i've got a different thing i loved the, the little nickname the superhero called nightlight <laughs> i loved the little power montage like figuring out her powers um I'm, i think it's having a lot of fun it is i'm, I'm um, enjoying it that sequence at the end was nice uh, rescuing the kid and um, the fact that it went wrong and then like like uh, stepped ping pong what would you call that the little like slides that she makes to sort of half save the kid and um, the drones that are chasing him are like the Stark drones right chasing yeah, her rather, design, or the Stark yeah. drones yeah yeah um, that's interesting what else happened in it she's got a crush on the new kid of course, a new, new kid who is part Fun? of part of the presumably villains in the show. We don't know yet for certain. Mm-hmm. Um, Does it yeah. feel that that's the way it's set up? Like the government organization is being set up to be the bad guys and these people are setting up to be your friends, but really we're going to get a bait and switch on that. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's the other thing as well. Yeah, the the guy, the agent guy, is in No Way Home. So like they're they're making that little very yeah, yeah. Which I don't have a problem with. You yeah. know, it makes sense for them to have uh, a film doing the same thing as Spider Man, just with a character that they that they own. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember it and see if there's anything else to say about it. It was a Kingo reference. That was fun. Where was that? When she's talking with Cameron in the oh, yeah, diner and Hollywood she, stuff, yeah, yeah, and she's like, "Oh, you know, my mom is a big Kingo senior fan," and yeah, yeah, I did I missed that. that. Um, I think either he has to show up or Brie Larson has to show up by the end of this. You reckon? Um, yeah, I'd say it's more likely to be maybe not Brie Larson. Maybe it'll be um. 
I'm forgetting the actress's name, but Monic uh, Photon Rambo. Yes, WandaVision. Rambo. It might be her because she's going to be in the Marvels. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's probably more likely. This fucking kid is banging a ball outside here now, and I'm like, should I close this window? I think I need you to. That's going to get probably picked up should. all the way through. Yeah. yeah, you're hearing that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to close the window. It is funny that we do want, we want cameos in all of these things. We want to find them tying into each other. Um, Kingo turning up would never have been my guess, except that maybe the ba- the the bangle could be uh, Eternals tech. Um, I, I, there's a lot of like technology they, showing up between the ten rings. Said they've said explicitly as well that. The power isn't coming from the bangle. The power has just unlocked yeah. the thing in her, which is very kind of like she's an inhuman in the mm. in the comics. So it seems like she is some version of yeah MCU's inhuman, and the inhumans are kind of tied to the Eternals anyway. So it would make sense. Wouldn't I'm it? just tr- I'm just trying to. Remember. I never watched that inhuman show. But we did establish Black Bolt. They they won't bring in the Newman show itself. Blackagar Boltigan. Yeah, they won't bring that in. No. Um, and having him in multiverse was just a a nod, a and nod, it was a way yeah. to f- it was a way to fill out the the Illuminati, Illuminati kind of. It was like, well, we've got an actor who did play that, and we can put him in there without without it being a an requirement that, that we carry him into anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But. Um. Yeah, it, it, you know they've they've kind of mentioned Kingo and the fact that like the like I said, the Inhumans and the Eternals have a kind of a there's a connection. Mm. And again, the fact that the the tech. Um, but I did say as well that I kind of heard rumors that it would be Cree. Uh, Cree tech that her family is some kind of offshoot of. Cree and the fact that See, secret invasion would be a oh, Cree yeah. invasion as opposed to a scroll invasion, so could be that. Yeah, the thing the thing with all of this for me is that it's not tying anything together yet or establishing anything yet. Like the Ten Rings and that bangle don't look enough like the Cree or the um the eternal technology we saw in the Eternals. Yeah. It also doesn't look like Cree technology. But you're right that they're going to have to try and tie these things into something. It was or really they strange. They may try and tie these things. It's really into strange something. as well that they've they've dropped that point about the ten rings, and they've made a point of saying it's nothing we've previously seen, but that it's sent a signal out somewhere. But and they said that it's nothing that they said that it's nothing that Wong or the Avengers had seen. Or, those or, guys or Captain Marvel, or, or Captain Marvel, mm. that she hasn't, and she's she's been around, like. Yeah, but, but, I mean, my point, my point mm. being that that they said, you know, this the the second you put these on, mm. sent out this beacon, and we don't know to what, and they haven't gone back to that yet, and that seems pretty big, and we still have no idea. What that's when about. was that Eternals movie? End of twenty twenty? No, it was twenty twenty one. Was it? Yeah, it's like November twenty twenty one, I think. Okay. 
and Shang-Chi was September before that. Okay. My point is, um, is that they, they've they've set up some plot points. Yeah. That they've made seem uh, pretty major, uh, and we have no idea what it's. But I'm just saying it. It yet. doesn't seem like that long in the grand scheme of cinematic universes. No, but what I mean is, is the amount of things that have come out since, mm. and yeah, 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 yeah. like you know, what we we got, we got a Thanos, and we got an Infinity Stone, and another Infinity Stone, and everything was kind of touching towards. We know it's building to, yeah. to to Thanos, whereas yeah. they've said this is some technology we've not seen, and you put them on, and all we know is it's sent out like a, yeah. some kind of beacon to what we don't know, and we still don't know. We have no idea if that's a. We have no idea. That's yeah. that's frustrating. No idea. Because I like I've said I've I've always thought the appeal of this, even though people say these are too connected and stuff. It's like that's why people are showing up, because if they miss one, they'll miss out, and you can still watch it, and there'll be a reference or two that you probably don't get, but you can still follow along. But the experience is kind of, I wouldn't say richer, but is broader if you've seen more. I think mm. it's I think it's a mistake for them to. I think that's what's been working. I think that's what's gotten so many non comic book fans into it in the first place. Is yeah, is there's a collect. There's a well, that yeah, kind of... that's that's as you say it. Like as the Infinity War, Infinity Stones started to make their appearances, we were able to we like comic nerds were able to go. I know where this is coming from, going to, building towards. You know, we've got a rooting in some canon. We don't have an idea yet. None. We don't have an idea yet. None. Um, because the tech that we've seen doesn't look like Kang's tech, doesn't look like the tech we've seen in Loki. Does that bangle look close to one of the Ten Rings? Like, uh, trying to connect wrist-based technology? Um, I don't know. Look, to bring it back to Miss Marvel, episode two, still good fun. Yep. Still good um, fun. The The... They're pulling off that hard light effect. It's good fun. Because um, that stretchy look of her could have been silly. And it isn't. Uh, I haven't watched the new season of Barry. You've watched it. Good. Hold up. Yep. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to say anything because I really do want to watch that series. But, you know, it hasn't lost its touch in a year and a half or whatever. Um, I don't think so. No. Still, and Hader's looking more grizzled as it goes on. I'm seeing shots of him, and it's just like he's yeah. starting to look more like the fucking worn out vet that he that he was supposed to be at the first season. Yeah. Uh, what I will say is, it ends in a place, and there was a question of like, can it can it go anywhere from here? And Hader's response was that he always envisioned it as a, a sort of a long form. Vanity Fair article which I don't know if you ever read anything on Vanity Fair but you know they, they write these quite lengthy pieces mm. and he was saying he's always envisioned, envisioned envisioned it as a kind of a true crime thing where it's the midpoint and you think you think it's going to be the end of the story and then stuff just kind of gets crazier from that point on there's always a point in the kind of a true crime thing where you're like reading this going I can't believe this I can't believe this and yeah. there's a midpoint where you're like and then this happened and then 
yet more happens. So yeah, it ends in a place where you kind of think it's in a corner and Hader's response was no, essentially. Hmm. No, that this is just the midpoint of a, of a bonkers true crime kind of thing. So yeah. Okay. So watch it as soon as you can, I guess. And yeah, yeah, it's great. It's good. It's, um, I think even, you know, inch, like one of my most, there's kind of a, a separate storyline in it about uh, Sally's character. She's got a, she's got a pilot and she's sure on her on a pilot. And it's very much just, it's clearly a bit of a commentary on Hader's own experience of, it's kind of a meta thing of Hader now being a showrunner in, you know, an idea he conceived himself and how, how crazy that is. But, uh, she has some, she's got one moment in particular in an elevator that was just like jaw dropping, um, and kind of what happens. And yeah. And then another jaw dropping moment kind of in the, in the season finale. Uh, her story was as compelling as, as the, the hitman crime stuff. So that was, that was cool. Cool. Yeah, it's it's easily one of the best shows in recent years. That in Atlanta. I'm just waiting for Atlanta to fucking pop up on Disney Plus and it has not yet. So. Right. Because that, that new season is fully aired, right? Yep. Yeah. So season one and two are on Disney Plus and... Waiting on season three. Season three should be here any minute now, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Any, any, anything else as we round out the week's episode? Bought tickets to Fight Like Apes. They're doing an anniversary thing, but it's March 23, so I'll give you a review of the gig in March. The, um, Cork Midsummer Festival is on at the moment. Okay. Um, in new production, ANU, who I've seen a couple of their shows in Dublin. They're putting on their first show in Cork for the festival, so they usually sell out. I haven't got tickets for that yet, but I'm hoping to. Um, I'm going to see Camilla George in the Triscoll tonight. Um, mm. I think she's a London-based jazz saxophone player. So it's jazz quartet in the Triscoll tonight. I'm going to check that out. Looking forward to Very it. Very good. Uh, and this is Pop Baby have a show on as well um, as part of the festival that... Um, do you remember the Marina Market that we went down to? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you know the the kind of big empty warehouse space towards the back? Yeah. Yeah. They're they're putting on a show in there. I think the idea is that it's going to be like half half play, half nightclub. Okay. Effectively, cool. so it'll be kind of like you're in the the actual the the scene or the location of the, the thing itself. That's the gist I got from it. I could be completely wrong. That That's just, mm. the, <laughs> this is what I got from, uh, I was down there a couple of days ago and they were testing the sound system and it was quite loud. It sounded like a nightclub. And I later found out it was for, for a party scene. So I thought, oh, maybe this is what they're doing. I could be completely right. wrong. They might not be doing that at all. But all I know is they were testing the sound for it earlier in the day and it sounded like a nightclub. So, Okay. That. And there's no seats there, so I'm assuming that's what that is. So um, I'm hoping to check that out too. But but so far, the only thing I have tickets for is Camilla George. Cool. 
Um, I want to go to, I, I, well, let's see how I feel. Like, there's part of me that wants to go to, we've improv practice tomorrow, which means I should probably, you know, be rested. Um, but there's a comedy gig on in Shinay, as there is most weekends. And then there is Tengu, back at Grand Social. Um, they're doing a thing called Lumo, I think. And uh, basically, it's a comedian's birthday, and he just threw up in the the comedy forum. User, the people I hang out with the whole time, open invitation to anyone on here, come along. So I'm considering rocking along to that if I know enough people going. You know, I don't want to be the mm-hmm. fucking weirdo just crashing somebody's birthday, but could be a good night. And then we are booking, or we're um, got one more act to confirm for the next. Bag of Cats comedy show in Dublin taking place in the back page on the 7th of July at 8 o'clock. Donation show, so come in, enjoy the show. If you feel like it, please donate some money. But we've got Edmund Carlton, El Felicity, Shannon Basso-Gall, Ailes McCarthy, who you might know from the TikToks. Um, so we've a, we've a bunch of people lined up already. I want to get one more in there. Um, and we've got um, Kelly Shatter and Pearl O'Rourke, who are two outstanding improvisers who are going to do a two-prof show together. So um, it's shaping up quite nicely. I just need to market like crazy and get people into the back page. And Fibtober is a pretty vibrant little community as well. So throw some leaflets, throw some posters, and we get people in. It's a nice it's a nice bar, very buzzy sports bar kind of thing. And we've got this games room on the ground floor, which is like pool tables and arcade machines, which will turn off, slide out of the way. It's nice low ceilinged neon lighted kind of place should be fun looking forward to it I'd just like to thank everybody at Bonnectonic for their support and they've been nothing but good to us thanks everybody for coming along tune in next week (laughs) 